What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews, exclusively here, as always, on the Casa D18 Studios channel. I am the Renegade JJ Williams, and today I'm going to be discussing from 2011, River of Darkness, starring Kurt Angle, Kevin Nash, Sid Vicious, and Ray Glacier Lloyd. Thank you for joining me once again today here on another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews. This is another one of those that, you know, like Stormageddon, didn't have much of a Wikipedia page. So for this one, I used my talk to text on my phone as I was watching the movie for the notes that I took and then I transcribed them later. I think I'm going to be able to give you a little bit more detailed of a plot description for this one. So let's get right into it. Our movie begins with a girl sitting on a bench at a college university. We learn through the narration that she's been kicked out of school because it's believed that she's responsible for the death of two of her classmates. We then cut from, the rest, from that to a restaurant and we see a waitress ready to clock out at the end of her shift. And she begins her walk home, and an ominous man approaches her and just hacks her to pieces. The next morning, our hero, Sheriff Logan, Kurt Angle, arrives on the scene. Now, there's other law enforcement there. Um, I believe it's state authorities. Sheriff Logan is the town law. So there's a little bit of a, you know, back and forth between state and town. As Logan investigates the crime, you know, he's looking things over and he sees the letters H-I-X written across her shirt. Well, once he's done at the scene of the crime, Logan heads to the local diner to grab some food, some coffee, before getting back to work. Now, the owner of the diner is a man named Clark Higgins, and Clark just completely ignores Logan. Like, there's animosity, jealousy, hatred something between these guys but we're not really sure quite quite yet what's going on we'll find out a little later and i'll get to that but at this first interaction you're like was this just typical town versus law issues you know what's what's going on here so while logan is waiting for service he receives a call over the walkie about a break-in at the local church. Him and Clark exchange a few words as he leaves, and Logan heads over to the church to investigate and see what's going on. We find out that Mary Rutledge is the guilty party, and she's broken in so that she can pray at the altar because the doors were closed. And she senses something is up. And she wants to pray, repent her sins, everything. 
when Logan finds her, she's knelt at the altar and she just keeps repeating the same prayer over and over and over again. When Logan starts to question her about the break-in, she warns him about a 30-year cycle where men live in purgatory. And then she tells him that every that once the 30 years are up, some of those men are back to haunt the town because of a past misjustice. So this definitely harkens vibes of it almost, where every 27 years, 30 years, depending on which version you go by, Pennywise comes and haunts Derry. It's also got a little bit of a sometimes they come back vibe. If you've ever seen that old Stephen King TV movie where something happened and then when the anniversary of the incident came, comes around, things start to happen in the town again. Very, very similar to what happened originally in the story. So you get that little kind of mystique to the vibe here. I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, another murder is committed down by the docks. This time it's two men. So we went from one woman to two men. So clearly there's no, like, it seems more random. You know, the killer isn't just targeting one specific you know, type of person. When Logan arrives at the scene to investigate this one, he notices again the letters H-I-X are carved into one of the victim's forehead. The same letters that were on the shirt at the first crime scene. All right, so these crimes are committed, they're connected somehow but how is the question? Logan begins to question people in the town about the letters and ends up getting sent to a bait shop owner named Virgil Van. Virgil seems skeptical to give any information at first. Him and the rest of the townspeople seem to really not respect Logan. Virgil does end up giving him a name, though. Harvey Hicks. And apparently Hicks was at the center of something 30 years prior, which plays into what Mary Rutledge was talking about in this 30-year cycle. During his lunch break, Logan is joined by Clark at the diner. And this is where we sort of get to the meat and potatoes of what's going on here between Clark and Logan. Clark acknowledges to Logan that he's been a bit bitter towards him since he defeated him in the sheriff's election. So apparently Clark and Logan were both running up against each other. Logan won the election, and Clark's been a little bit jealous about it ever since then. Clark suggests that they put the past behind them and work together to try to take care of whatever is happening. 
Clark then goes on to say that the rumor going around town is that the Jacob boys have returned from the dead. Now, legend has it that Hicks and some other townspeople murdered the Jacob boys using vigilante justice 30 years prior. And now the Jacob boys are back for revenge. Around this time in the movie, a group of college kids come to the town. They're there to investigate paranormal activity because they've been reading in the newspaper about this weird stuff happening. And if it's true that the Jacob boys are back from the dead, these ghost hunters want to try and record and document some of this stuff. Now, one of the college students is the girl from the opening scene that we saw sitting on the college bench. And she's joined by a male and another female. So those are the two people that she's supposedly responsible for the deaths of. And we'll find out how and why as we get going further in this movie. Well, another murder is committed, but this time the killer leaves a witness behind. And it's the wife of the man who was murdered. She runs to the diner and tells Clark and all the others that it is in fact the Jacob boys that have murdered her husband, confirming the rumor that's been circulating around the town. When Logan goes to investigate this one, it leads him once again to Virgil, the bait shop owner. At this point, Virgil finally decides to open up to Logan about what happened in the past, and we get the full story here. Virgil tells Logan the tale of Ariana Hicks, daughter of Harvey Hicks. And 30 years ago, Ariana accused one of the Jacob boys of raping her. So Harvey and some of his friends, townspeople, tied the Jacob boys up to a rowboat and sent them over the dam to their deaths. Years later, when Ariana finally came clean and admitted that she had lied about the rape, no one seemed to care because the Jacob boys weren't exactly liked or respected around town anyway. They were basically squatters who lived on this deserted island just across from town. You know, so they were loners. No one cared. Logan returns to the church after this to talk again with Mary Rutledge. And during their conversation, it finally dawns on Logan what needs to happen. Harvey Hicks has to die. While the college kids are navigating the river, one of them, the female, is snatched out of the boat and drug into it. We then go back to the town and a young girl is killed while she was off collecting night crawlers. And at this point, the townspeople have had enough. 
they decide that if Logan is incapable of handling the crime and the murders and the investigation, they're going to take law into their own hands, just like Hicks did 30 years ago. So Clark and some of his buddies kidnap Hicks and tie him up in a burlap sack. Their plan is to leave him on the island where the Jacob boys used to dwell. You know, their old stomping grounds. And sacrifice him to them in a way to try to end everything. Well, Logan chases after them in an attempt to stop them and take the law back into his hands and take it out of the townspeople's hands. Because there's been too much vigilante activity around the town. That's how the whole thing got started in the first place. Logan feels that the last thing we really need is more vigilante justice. Well, as he's trying to track them down in, their, in his boat that he's commandeered and stop Clark and his group, he come across the college students who are kind of stranded in their little boat. Being an honorable man, a man of the law, he helps the kids, brings them onto his boat. Almost as soon as they get onto Logan's boat, the male college student is murdered by one of the Jacob boys, who then disappears. Logan, Clark, Clark's friends, and the female college student all finally arrive at the island where the Jacob boys used to live. Clark puts Hicks into a rowboat and sends him towards the island as a sacrifice. Now, Logan knows that Hicks has to die, but he's not really sure if this is what he needs to do. So you kind of see Logan standing there. Should I do something? Should I stop this? Should I do something? Should I stop this? He's got this very puzzled look on his face. But he goes ahead and he allows Clark to do this. Now, before the boat can reach the island, the lead female college student puts a bullet in the head of Harvey Hicks. Once this happens, all eyes turn to her. And she reveals that that was her grandfather. We learn that her name is Autumn. And just as the boat reaches the Jacob boys, they proceed to hack up Hicks, thereby getting their justice on the man who set all this in motion in the first place. Now, once the boys have extracted their revenge, we go back to the boats, and this is where we learn about who Autumn truly is. 
after all that, we go back to the college, the opening scenes. And Autumn is giving us the wrap-up of the story. She tells us that all the Jacob boys did, really, was kill the people that were responsible for their own deaths. So they weren't really these huge murderers like they were made out to be. They were just on a vengeance mission. And they killed the people responsible for their deaths and the descendants of the people responsible for their deaths. Which makes me wonder, the little girl that was killed, clearly she wouldn't have been responsible for their deaths, but was she the daughter of the man, of a man who was responsible for her death? If that is in fact true, and all they did was get those responsible, it's no less sad that the little girl died, but you know, if the wife had nothing to do with it, and she's not a descendant, and the husband isn't here anymore, then the little girl was the only living descendant that they had to get in order to get their revenge. Autumn then tells us that Logan told her that she would have been in jail if the death of Hicks hadn't been a mercy killing. To which she replies that for her it wasn't a mercy killing. All she did was kill the man who raped her mother, implying the fact that Hicks had raped his own daughter. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, the good, the bad. The story, I think, was really good for the most part. You know, it had some great elements of horror, some great elements of supernatural, some great elements of drama. I thought that overall the story was really, really solid. The acting on the other part, on the other hand, could definitely have used some work. Kurt Angle looked like he was stumbling through the whole thing. You know, he's believable as a law enforcement hero. But just his line delivery was so wishy-washy for me. He very much was stumbling over things. Kevin Nash and Sid were good as the heavies. They played two of the Jacob boys. They didn't really talk, though. Which, I mean, I guess for Sid is a good thing. But Kevin Nash, we know, can talk a blue streak. And for him not to talk during his role, I feel, was a lost opportunity. At the very least, he could have conversated with the other Jacob boys, help explaining their side of things a little bit more. 
you know, like after each murder, uh, we got another one. This many more and our mission will be complete. Our vengeance will be carried out. Something. Something. Ray Glacier Lloyd surprised me a little bit. I familiar a little bit with the character of Glacier from WCW. And the fact that he's basically a Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat ripoff. But I'm not too, too familiar with him. But I felt that he did a really good job with what he was given as Clark. Honestly, I would say that he was probably the best character in the whole film. In my personal opinion. Kurt Angle as Logan was good. But like I said, his delivery, he kind of didn't really seem comfortable in this movie. Whereas Glacier, he just, he felt natural. I don't know, that's just my two cents. When it comes to my rating of this film, I am going to give it two and a half out of five stars. It could have been so much better. It could have been so much worse. If we're being honest with each other. I mean, if Kurt Angle had given a performance in this film more charismatic, like his promos, especially if you hearken back to, and I know they were 10 years before this, but if you hearken back to his Three Eyes promos, or even his promos around the time of Team Angle, and how much money there was in those promos. If Kurt Angle had delivered his character along those lines, I think it would have been so much better. But two and a half out of five stars. Those of you that have seen River of Darkness, what do you think? Let me know. Leave your thoughts in the comment box below as always. Let's get those hashtags out there on social media. Hashtag Casa D18 Studios. Hashtag Renegades Reviews. Hashtag Renegade Returns. And of course, the ever popular hashtag shenanigans. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Merchandising, merchandising. Where the real money's made. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow, right here on another brand new installment of Renegades Reviews, exclusively on the Casa D18 Studios channel, when I will be discussing Inside Out. No, not the Pixar movie. The WWE Films production starring Triple H, Michael Rappaport, and Parker Posey. So make sure you're here tomorrow to check that out, exclusively here on the Casa D18 Studios channel. Thank you for watching. Thank you to those for leaving that leave me comments in the comment box. I appreciate it. And I will see you guys next time.